Hi there, America. Welcome to the Carter Report. Thanks for joining us. Our topic today is, what happens five minutes after death? Where are our beloved dead? Are they in purgatory? Are they in heaven? Or are they in hell? Would you like to know the truth about death? Join us today in this fantastic program, Life After Death. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. The Bible says ever so plainly that how much of Scripture is inspired? That's good. All, A-double-L, -L, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now listen, friend of mine, if you want to know the truth on the Sabbath, you go to all Scripture. Not one text here or there, but you take all of the texts. If you want to know the truth about hell and purgatory, you go to all Scripture. Listen to me, if you want to know the truth about the Antichrist, you don't go to the writings of the church fathers that have contradicted themselves a thousand times. If you want to know the truth on the Antichrist, you go to all Scripture. If you want to know the truth about the occult, you go to all Scripture. If you want to know the truth about the state of man in death, the truth about the soul, you go to all Scripture. Now let me tell you this before we go any farther tonight. This subject tonight is one of the most emotional subjects that a person can talk about. Because we're talking about where are our beloved dead. This is what we're going to talk about. And often when we talk about a subject like this, somebody will come to me after the meeting and they'll say to me, but John Carter, I have had this emotional experience I have seen things with my own eyes and the things that I have seen have been so real they have been so convincing that I believe that so-and-so is the truth and they will say to me we know it is not taught in the Bible we know that the texts that you've given us tonight have contradicted what you know we've seen but they say, we choose to believe what we have seen rather than to believe this book because of this overpowering emotional experience that we've had and because of the things that we've seen with our own eyes. I want to tell you tonight, folk, listen to me. You and I in this subject cannot trust our eyes. I'm going to prove that to you tonight. We cannot trust our senses. We cannot trust what a person will tell us. We cannot trust some subjective, overpowering, emotional experience. The only thing that you and I can trust, ultimately, when we talk about the supernatural and the state of the dead and uh, the condition of, of our loved ones in death, the only thing that we can really trust is this book. 
Because the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and you and I tonight will have to make a decision whether we are going to trust our feelings or whether we are going to trust the words of God, you see. And tonight I want you, as in all other things, we've been talking about some great subjects, but I want you tonight, as in every other subject, to say, by the grace of God, I am going to trust all Scripture. Is that fair enough? That's what we've got to do tonight. Now, firstly, the question I'm going to ask the Bible... And then the question that the Bible is going to answer is this. Now, don't you give me any answers yet. I, I don't want you calling out tonight because I'm going to tell you some things that perhaps are going to be new to you, but you folk are going to see them because they're in the Bible. The first question I'm going to ask of this book is this. Does man have an immortal soul? That's the first question. Does man have an immortal soul. Tonight, if I were to go to history, and if I go to the Greeks, and if I go to the Romans, and if I go to the Egyptians, and if I go to the Persians, and if I say to them, does man have an immortal soul? They will all say, yes, man has got an immortal soul. But tonight, my friend, we are not going to the Greeks. And we are not going to the Egyptians, and we are not going to the Persians, and we are not going to the Babylonians. We are going to the Holy Word of God, and we are going to see what the Bible says. You see? Now, I want you to turn with me, please, to, to page 1099. 1099 to the book of Romans, chapter 2 and verse 7. Romans 2 and verse 7. How are you folk feeling tonight? Are you feeling a little weary? You're not feeling weary? You're still feeling as though you're still okay? Okay, that's all right then. Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. Have you got that text? Romans 2 verse 7. This is the great text of the great apostle Paul. He says eternal life now he's talking about that which we really want eternal life he says eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory honor and immortality the apostle Paul tells us we are to seek for immortality now listen to me can you see what he says there look at this text again he says in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. I want to say to you tonight, please, oh please, look up these texts tonight, because this tonight is perhaps the most emotional subject we're going to deal with. And I know some folk will want to go out tonight and say, uh, you know, I know what he showed us is in the Bible, but I don't want to believe that. Now, the text we have just read tells us that we are to seek. Look at the words. We are to seek for immortality. Can you see that? I want you tonight to seek with me for immortality. But listen, friend, if I am told in the Scriptures to seek for immortality, that to me is an indication that I don't have it now. 
Did you hear that? I do not seek for that which I already have. If you had immortality, you would not need to seek for it. God says, seek for immortality. Therefore, this text, this opening text would indicate that we do not have it yet. Can you see that? I want you now to come to another text, page 1163. Turn over. 1163, 1 Timothy 6, 14 down to 16. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14, I think it is. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Have you got that text? 1 Timothy chapter 6. And the Bible says in verse 14 that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then it says, can you say this with me? What does it say? Who alone, the Bible says, who alone has what? Now, this is not what some church is teaching. This is not what John Carter is teaching. This is what the Bible says. Now, we're going to come over here to the blackboard, and as we move along tonight, we are going to put up certain great pillars of truth. We are going to write up some great fundamentals and we're going to put them up in the very words of the Bible so that you won't be able to say and I won't be saying my own words. The Bible says God alone and that means God alone. That's what it means. It means God alone. God alone the very words of the Bible, God alone has what? Immortality. immortality. And the Bible tells me to seek for immortality. I do not have immortality because God alone has immortality. You don't have immortality. Immortality is a gift that God is going to give His people. But the Bible says God alone has immortality. Now, I want you to come now, please, to page 509, 509, Job chapter 4 and verse 17. Job the fourth chapter, please turn it up there. Job 4, verse 17, God says, or Job says, and God is inspiring him to say these words. He says, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure or more righteous than his maker? He says, look at the adjective there. Can a what? Can a mortal? The Bible says, and we're going to come to the blackboard again, and we're going to put up the second pillar. Pillar number one is, God alone has immortality. That is what the Word of God says. God alone has immortality. And then the Bible describes man in these words. Number two. 
This is not what John Carter says. The Bible says, man is, what is the word? Man is mortal, but God is immortal. Please, nobody walk out of here and say tonight, I can't believe that, because my friend, we are not putting up our own ideas. We are putting up the teachings of the Bible. God is immortal, and the Bible says man is mortal. Now, please, I want you to come to one of the greatest, one of the most thrilling passages in the whole of the Bible. It is page 1126, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51 down to 54. This is the great Apostle Paul talking. Would you please follow? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Have you folk got it down there? Are you ready to go? All right. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That is interesting because he is talking about death. He says, We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. That's when Jesus comes. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, that's this body, must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Listen to me. When do God's people get immortality? Now, not according to what the churches say, not according to what the theologians say, but according to what God says. What does it say? Have a look at this text. I want you to see it, and I want you to interpret it according to the Bible. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. That's this body of sin and death. And this mortal, this here, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Listen, friend. Are you listening? The Bible says that one day God's people are going to get immortality. The Bible says that one day we are going to get rid of these bodies of corruption. Did you hear that? One day the Bible says we are going to become like God. We are going to get the gift. Well, God doesn't have a gift of immortality. God is immortal. But God is going to give to his people immortality. And you know when that happens... The Bible says immortality is given at a gift at the last trumpet when Jesus comes. You see? Now, I'm glad that death is not the end, aren't you? I'm glad, my friend, the funeral service is not the end. No, death is not the end. The Bible says, I almost missed the blackboard. The Bible says, let me get some chalk. The Bible says, here is point number three. Here it is. Immortality. Immortality is given when Jesus comes the second time. 
when Jesus comes the second time, let's call that the second coming, and the Bible calls it the second coming. The Bible says that this corruptible is going to put on incorruption, and this mortal is going to put on immortality, and God's people are going to live for eternity and never die. Isn't that terrific? Yeah, that's good. Why not clap for that? That's good. You know, that's good. I think that's good news. You know, if you really believe this, doesn't this give a new perspective to life? Doesn't this, doesn't this rob death of its bitterness? And doesn't it rob death of its sting? And if you've lost a loved one, my friend, you don't have to be too concerned if that person isn't Jesus Christ because that person is going to be raised immortal and will never die. You say that? That's what the Bible says. Now, I don't know if you can see where I'm going, but I'm going to present something now that most of the churches, I believe, are not teaching. And so I want you to listen very carefully. But what we are going to do, by God's grace, is take it out of the Bible. Remember when I talked to you a week or so ago on how to study and understand the Bible? We said you've got to take all of the te texts of the Bible and you've got to build a fence. You put down one here, one down here, one down here. Remember this? How we spoke about this? Don't take one text. And don't please, my friend, after this meeting tonight out and say, walk out and say, but what about such and such a text? What you've got to do is take all, A-double-L, take all of the texts. And if you take all of the texts, you're going to find the truth. But if you take only one text, you can find out anything. You see? All false religious systems are based upon one or two texts in the Bible. You know that? But the problem is, they don't take all of the evidence. But tonight, we want to take it all. You see? Now, number one, God alone has immortality. Man is mortal. And point number three, hallelujah, God's people are going to get immortality when Jesus comes. Now, we're going to ask the Bible a very important question, and here it is. Now, don't you folk preempt it by telling me. <laughs> Just restrain yourselves. The question we are going to deal with now is this. What is the soul. That is a question that many people wonder about. What is the soul? We are not going to go to the Greeks for a definition of the soul. We are not going to go to the Church of Rome or the Protestant churches or any church. We will go to the Bible. Is that plain enough? Is that fair enough? Would you please come with me to page 816, Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. Ezekiel chapter 18 and it's verse 4. Ezekiel says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Did you get that? He says, the soul who sins shall die. Listen, friend, 
Are you listening? The Bible says, John Carter doesn't say it, but the Bible says, the soul that sins will do what? Okay, let's put this one up on the blackboard. And we're going to simply work our way through this tonight. And we are not going to put up any of my ideas at all. We're going to put up these points on the blackboard and we're going to put them up almost verbatim, verbatim out of the Bible. Uh, where will we do this? Can you see this if I write here? Point number four. The Bible says the soul that sins will die. Therefore, the Bible says here, the soul can die. Therefore, the soul dies. The Bible says, the soul that sins shall die. Whatever the soul is, my friend, the soul is not immortal. The Bible says, the soul is mortal and is subject to death. That's what the Bible says. Now you say to me, but this goes against all of the teachings of the churches. I say, if that is so, then so be it. I'm sorry about that, but I can't help that. The Bible says the soul is subject to death. And the Bible says that God alone has immortality. And God's people are going to get this magnificent gift of immortality when Jesus comes. Now, the next question. This is a very important question that you and I need to think about here is the big question if the soul is subject to death what is the soul would you like to know what is the soul please come with me now to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 this is the book of beginnings it talks about the creation of the first human soul and it is logically where we ought to go the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils a living soul, and thus man became a man. Does it say that? Well, that's what some preachers say. The Bible says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being did you hear that and when you go home tonight you ought to go and get a copy of the old king james version because it says the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul or as the Hebrew says, a nephish kaya. That's just to let you know I know a few Hebrew words. That's about all I know too. <laughs> I used to know it quite well, but I haven't used it for a long time. Now, I want to come again to the blackboard, and we're going to put up what a soul is. And then by special arrangement, we are going to have, just for tonight only, a soul on display. Now... You folk, help me work this out. The Lord God formed man of what? Come on, come on, a little louder. Yeah, yeah. Just, just be reserved. The Lord God formed man of the dust. 
Did you know that chemically speaking we're worth about $1.50? Possibly with inflation, $3 if you're big. If you're a very large person. I know some people who'd be worth at least 5 or $6. I won't mention their names. You've got enough iron in you to make a nail. Uh, and the rest of you is basically uh, is water. You know, about $1.50 on the stock market. The Lord God, for man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils what? The breath of life. Did you know that this word breath in the Hebrew and in the Greek language is exactly the same word for spirit? Every theologian, anybody who knows anything about the Bible will agree with that. The word breath is exactly the same word for spirit. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the spirit or the breath of life, and that made, here it is, what did it make? A living soul. That would indicate, my friend, that there's such a thing as a dead soul. And when a soul dies, do you know what it is? It's a dead soul. That's true. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And the Bible says that God made the first man, Adam. And he made him out of good old Mother Earth. He made him out of the dust of the ground. And then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He did not put a soul inside him. You say, that's a heresy. I'm sorry. It is also the truth. It doesn't say God put a soul in him. He put the spirit within him. He put the breath of life in him. And man became a living soul. Most people have the idea that a soul is something that is invisible that maybe you could put inside a bottle. Most people have the idea that the soul is something that lives inside a man and is independent to the man. That is what the Greeks taught. 